You're listening to The Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest host, my dear friend, Helene. Thank you so much for having me. I am stoked. (laughs) All right. Well, today, everybody, we are going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Jasper. Jasper, he's 32 years old. He's an interior design enthusiast trying to make it in LA. Welcome to our show. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So Jasper, how's it going? How's dating life for you right now? Dating right now is, I mean, as with everyone else, probably somewhat non-existent. But, uh, but yeah, it's going. It's brand new. I'm kind of uh, fresh to it, just newly single. So, you know, trying to figure it out, fill it out. Got it. So you're newly single. How long were you in a relationship before that? Oh, okay. So I was in a relationship for, we were probably official for about seven years, actually. Wow. We were, we were close friends for a long, long time. So, I mean, it was, it was about a decade of a lot of relationship. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's are, a minute. Are you gay, bi, straight? Mm-hmm. What's the. Uh... I identify as gay. I've, uh, I've never really identified as anything else. I'm pretty open, pretty fluid. I identify as gay just because that's where the most intimacy I find as far as like finding a partner that I want to share all of that with. I tend to gravitate towards men. Yeah. So tell us yeah. a little... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this is right. <laughs> Helene knows all about that. So, so tell us, how do you typically, you know, now that you're, you're new on the market, how do you typically go about attracting and meeting new partners? You know, I, it, it, it depends on my mood. And right now I'm kind of unfamiliar about what specific type of partner I want. Finding out more about myself. I am um, not really as smooth as I'd like to think I am. <laughs> I've, I've always defaulted on being a good flirt. But once it comes down to really, really filling the deal, I kind of, I'm terrible at it. So right now I'm trying to just kind of like put my feelers out there, see what kind of types I'm attracted to the most. Most of the most of the history I have with the dating scene has been more sexual. So I'm kind of comfortable with that realm of going out there and going on the prowl. So I'm trying to test out what kind of personalities I'm into on a more intimate intellectual level. If I want to find one person that can fulfill all of those things, I've been kind of looking into, you know, not necessarily open relationships, but what it looks like to be polyamorous a little bit. I'm kind of diving into trying to figure out what exactly I want in a partner and if I can comfortably find that in one person and if I really want to. So I don't know. I'm kind of out there right now. I don't know. I love it. I love it. So just so we can sort of like zero in and and I want to ask so many questions about that, but tell me a little bit, just so we can understand, you know, when you're you're talking about looking for another partner who complements your, your style and your goals and and your Mm -hmm. dynamic, let's take a step back and just talk a little bit about Jasper's dynamic. Mm -hmm. What makes you tick? Just give us a little background on you. I am definitely, I'm a deceptive introvert. I try, I try to say I'm, I'm very much an outgoing people person. I love knowing people's histories. 
I, I, I call myself anthropological a lot just because I love, love, love just figuring out what makes people tick and why and what makes people happy and why and what makes people sad and why. I love stories um, and I love storytellers. And so really that's what makes me click. I'm all about connection, like genuine human connection and whatever facet that feels, whether it's a two hour span at a bar, whether it's 10 years of an intimate relationship, whether it's, you know, a best friend that, you know, fills a void that no one ever feels. Like I really, really get off on those connections. And so I tend to be that person in the party that everyone gets mad at because I'll like grab one person and put them in the corner and just sit there, just like drinking and talking and everyone's like, let's have fun. And I'm like, I am having fun. But yeah, that's that's kind of what makes me click. It's just like that genuine connection with people, something that's not forced, something that's not pretend, which I kind of which is kind of what I'm finding the most hardship within dating right now is the sometimes necessary pretense that you have to put out there at a bar or you know I don't get intimate super fast but I definitely I'm not good at small talk <laughs> if you can't tell I, I go in I go in on conversations so I, yeah I think that's the hardest part of dating it's just like casually like hey like you know what's your favorite color <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think there's something to be said about all that depth, and I personally think that's super smooth. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, I find yeah. it refreshing. Yeah. So tell us a story about a time when maybe it wasn't small talk, but maybe it was that deep conversation and that connection where you where you're able to pull someone aside at a party and actually have that really meaningful heart to heart. And like why that is so much more attractive to you than than the other approach. Well, I would say the probably the most prominent heart-to-heart that I've had recently was probably with Rachel, who I'm standing in for. But she, we were talking about just like having a maturity and that back and forth intimate relationship of conversation. Just having someone that you can speak to and talk to comfortably and not worry about talking too much if you are talking too much and not worry about, you know, having to force conversation topics because the conversation is just flowing and it just feels good. And you feel that energy between you, that you know, just clicks. And I think that's more important because I think that that is something between two people that is more sacred than, than even the sexual intimacy, because I think it's more, it's rarer for someone to fulfill that conversational comfort so early in a relationship. And so when I, I feel like when you find that, you should dive into that. And then as you're doing that, put out that flirtatious nature and put out that sexual nature just to fill it out. And so when I find that, it's, ah, it's so precious to me because I feel like it's so rare to just happen across it especially for personalities like mine when I I have to put on the the hardy Jasper and so a lot of times when the real Jasper comes out it's a surprise they're like wait whoa wait you just taking tequila shots and like dancing on the table and now you're asking me about my mom and like how many you know like I'm just like once I see someone that I'm interested in I want to know if I'm interested because in my opinion like the sexual nature is easy 
quicker, easier, and then that connection can be emboldened and impassioned by that, you know, conversation. And then if the sex doesn't get there, then you have this intimate connection with someone that's now your new friend. And so a lot of times I try to start off with that connection first, but it gets muddled because then people don't know if you want to be friends, if you want to have sex, if you want to be more than that. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know, all of it, none of it, one of it. We're just like literally just talking. So, I don't know. Wow. That's, that's really interesting that there's a, like a different level of, of vulnerability that you that you have. It's almost like you have that. I, I love how you expri- described it as this, this party, Jasper. It's like a facade yeah. almost that you, that you can, yeah. you can wear this different personality and uh, mm-hmm. almost like a mask. And, and then when you yeah. find someone who you feel safe with, you're able to take mm-hmm. that mask off. Now, here's an interesting question for you. Do you find that the sex is better if you've had that chance to, to show your, your real self and, and that vulnerability? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think it, I think it varies. I've had I've had situations where I showed that vulnerability too soon, and it contradicted the sexual desire that I had. Like I showed a vulnerable. I mean, to be blunt, like depending on my mood of top or bottom or whatever, my my emotional conversation doesn't really change for my sexual mood. And so there's been times where it's ruined it because I've had this like really really con- intimate connection with someone and then we got into the bedroom and my sexual connection with them was all passion and it was all just aggressive and just like me really really wanting to get into it and uh, and this other person really really wanted like boyfriend sex Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready for that I didn't want that like intimate you know kind smoochy sex I really wanted to get down to business and so, um, I didn't want that to contradict the fact that we had a really good connection when we were talking and vibing. And so I, I feel like sometimes I might um, compartmentalize too much. But that's, I mean, that's how my brain works. And I don't want to sacrifice that too much for the sake of, you know, one or the other, because... I mean, then I'll be unfulfilled and want to find it somewhere else. And that's what I'm struggling with right now is how to really express the dynamics of my needs and what I really, really want. But at the same time, not not lead anyone on in the other direction or give someone false, you know, impressions of, you know, the fullness of it. And I think that's my biggest struggle is sometimes I intentionally give people space to show me different parts of them and to click in different dynamics. And I feel like too often we get put into that dating box of the types of Mm -hmm. I'm dating this outgoing, like blah, blah, blah person, or, oh my God, he's so sensitive and we connected and blah, blah. And then I don't have space to be the other dynamic parts of myself that I love. Wow. Um, and that's the most frustrating part for me. Uh, that's so, that's so intense. I love the, I love the word compartmentalized. You know, it's like, there's, yeah. there's a different energy that you're having for each one. Mm-hmm. Do you, earlier you had touched on this idea of polyamory. Uh, is mm-hmm. that, is that a big motivation for you to sort of think, feel that that might be a direction that you're pursuing? It is. It is. It's tricky because I've never done it. I've never really had any firsthand experience with it. And so it's all curiosity, all just mental, you know, concept. But I've always, even with my other partner, my last, my ex, we always had this 
thing of it's unrealistic to believe that we can be everything for each other. Like right. it's just, it just, I, and that's, that has nothing to do with monogamy because I'm not talking about conscious decision making mm-hmm. as far as like commitments and monogamy. I hate that that gets blurred all the time. I'm talking about as human beings with dynamic personalities and dynamic ups and downs, it's unrealistic to think that this one person is going to check off all 10 boxes of what I need as a human being. And so we always try to be really realistic with that. But honestly, I feel like I was the one that would get, that would adapt to the monogamous committed life more because I would want to, I was caught up with making sure that I was giving everything that was needed and making sure I was doing my part in the relationship that I didn't realize that I was dumbing down and numbing all of these other parts of myself. And so I think in the aftermath of that relationship, I'm really, really challenging myself to get reacquainted to all those other different parts that I had let go of. I'm kind of getting emotional. All those other parts that I had let go of and really evaluate <clears throat> what needs I had that weren't being met and why weren't they being met and why wasn't why did I stop addressing those things and wh- I ignored relationships in my life that could have fulfilled those needs and also could have per- per- could have made my relationship with that partner even healthier if I had sought somewhere else for those needs without guilt and without Mm -hmm. shame. And so now that's one of the things that I'm holding on to strongly is before I even step into the next real intimate relationship, I want to know exactly why and what it's going to fulfill so that I can be aware of it and I can communicate that too, because I don't, you know, I'm so worried about actually putting myself out there and not being ready and then not communicating the right way. And then someone like like putting that pressure on me to be, because I know that I'm the type of personality that would be like, oh, okay, okay, I'll do that. I'll do it. Um, just because I've given a piece of myself to them. And so I'm really like, boom, holding tight to it. I'm like, like, all these parts of me have got to be respected. They have to. And in return, I will give you all of the same respect and all of the same space. And if if we don't click, we don't click. But that doesn't mean that we didn't have something and that it didn't mean something. And if we can't be intimate, can we still have sex? No? Cool. Fine. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. And, um, wow. There's so much interesting uh, nuances that came out of that. Yes. That And you so we, we're, I do want to switch it up and, and talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of like you're talking about the, the how you do sex without strings attached and, and mm-hmm. some of those, some of those strategies. But before mm-hmm. that, I want to ask a little bit about because you, you dropped some really important words there, you know, some about the lessons learned and how to how to approach your next relationship without without the guilt of having this uh, different needs not being met. Can you just give us a little specific about, you know, so that if anyone's watching that's going through the same thing, like was there a specific need that wasn't being met? And like, can you tell us the details around that? Yeah, I think I think it started. Honestly, I have been thinking about this. I think it started early on with like little things, like little sacrifices in little ways that didn't mean anything that built from there. Like for instance, we were, we were always opposites in 
like our sexual like times like he was a morning sex person I was a night sex person and so like I was the one that would adapt I hated being woken up early in the morning (laughs) so early in the morning raging boner and get so mad it's like oh like like if there's no touchy touchy you know and so and so early on I loved it and so I adapted to that and I adapted to I was the night person the night owl and he would you know so I adapted to that. He wasn't a cuddler. I'm a huge cuddler. It's a huge part of my physical intimacy. More than sex, I find intimacy in cuddling. He is not a cuddler. He sleeps on his back like a vampire. You know? <laughs> that can be kind of hot too, I guess. Yeah, Whatever yeah. you're into, a little I role mean, play. If he, let, if he would let me sleep on him, but that was. <laughs> I love that you're so yeah. cuddly. No, I hope you have I'm air conditioning. So- Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I keep it freezing cold because I'm, my body's a furnace. So. I, know, I get it. You're hot. You're hot. I get yes. it. You're <laughs> <laughs> so humble. You're ridiculous, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it started with like little things like that. And then after that, it was just so easy for me to make him happy. And I was Mm -hmm. genuinely happy that I was making him happy that I started doing other things. Like I changed my work schedule, even though I was making really, really good money in the restaurant and retail business. I changed my work schedule and turned myself into a desk person because he was a a web engineer and he worked normal office hours and we never had our weekends and nights together. He worked for himself. And so he would never adapt his schedule for me. I changed my job so we could have nights and weekends off. All of our apartments and everything was to be close to where he wanted to work. You know, I just realized after so many years of me making these micro adaptations that I covered up as compromises, I had become his boyfriend. We weren't, we weren't partners anymore. We weren't equals. We weren't doing this life together anymore. It was him and then his guy. And, and I felt that really, really strongly afterwards because I realized all of our friends were friends of Sam and the Jasper that Sam had all of our life. Like I realized that I was closer to his family than my family. Just realized all these little ways that I just slowly gave up all of my identity in these little micro processes. Um, And I bet you won't be doing that again. I will never fucking do that. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) So lesson learned. It's a tough lesson to learn. And it sounds like it took you almost a decade, but I have a feeling that you'll be able to manifest and attract anything you want based on those experiences. Uh, So I'm just so proud of you for going through it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Yeah. Your vulnerability is just so strong and so sexy. So we're going to, we're going to work towards wrapping up here. I want to ask you just a couple of fun questions, two fun questions. So one, this is a dirt on dating show. So we do have to ask a couple dirty questions. So the first one is what's the wildest fetish that you've ever encountered? (laughs) Oh, encountered like done, seen or watched. Or like, what do you mean encounter? <laughs> you, you, you had to have been a part of it. This could be your fetish or okay. it could be one that, that you... I feel I, like he's going to say smothering. <laughs> no, no. Or like I, a pillow fight, I, pillow like smothering someone with a pillow. No, no if, I go, if it's smothering, it's going to be choking. <laughs> I, I, do, I do get down on a little bit of some, you know, good grip around the neck kind of gets me off a little bit. But, 
I think I think the probably the the one that was the weirdest for me to participate in was water sports. I've I've been peed on before. I've I've heard it actually helps with uh, COVID. Hey, maybe that's why I haven't <laughs> gotten it because yeah. Hey, well, the secret innovation to COVID was water sports. So hey, you heard it first mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the weirdest thing that I've done. I didn't like it. I stopped it immediately, but I always had this motto of never saying no the first time unless you know to say no the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what kind of advice do you have for someone that is also, you've been so vulnerable and so deep and so profound, and I'm sure a lot of people are connecting with that. Like, what kind of advice would you have for people that are of the same grain that are struggling to make those kinds of connections, especially in a place like LA, which is so superficial? I would say to embrace it. One of the things that I'm learning is being in a perceived superficial atmosphere. If I take it the right way, then it allows me to be fully myself. Because if I'm always around and surrounded by superficial people, then I literally have nothing to lose. And so if I put, if I just put all of my genuinity out there, whether it's the sad one, whether it's the happy one, whether it's the party, whether it's the video gamer, then whoever, like you said, what I manifest, I hope will come back to me and people will start seeing that that something about that doesn't seem superficial, like something (laughs) about that doesn't seem like he's making that up. And hopefully that will start bringing it in because I honestly don't know. I, I tend in the past to have been an adapter and have adapted to the relationships just to make them happier. And Mm -hmm. so I'm still figuring it out as well. But so the advice is like, let's do it. (laughs) We, we have nothing to lose. And so the more of us that are out there, the more of us that will find that happiness. Um, yeah, I love that. that. Real, genuine connection, whatever facet it fulfills. It's very yeah. well said. Wow. Jasper, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing all this uh, wonderful advice and, and, and good luck on this, this new journey of yours. It's going to be exciting. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully you can get some good stuff out of it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it feels so good to have, you guys are so encouraging. It feels really good to have been here. Okay, awesome. it's, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to swing by your podcast player and leave us a review, leave a good review. If you do have feedback, yeah, let us know. Of- five stars <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll take the feedback. It's it's always uh, good to help us grow and uh, share the podcast with your friends. Like, tell people about it if you enjoyed this episode. Um, share it, let people know about it. And of course, if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com/single to tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce your story, and we'll bring you on the show. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe, talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.